What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, I've missed another podcast, but it's a shame. I'm excited to hear what you guys talk about. And I know that this plays into you and I have been teaching our oldest two girls each about becoming your own banker, how to manage money. And right now their assignment was to read the book by Nelson Nash, Becoming Your Own Banker. How will today's podcast play into what they're learning? Well, you know, as well as I do, there's four laws, if you will, that Nelson talks about in the book, right? You got to think long range. I can just, I can still hear his voice in the back of my head. Think long range. And the second one, you know, I say, don't be afraid to capitalize. Well, today's podcast, we're talking about how do you pay your premium and your loan repayments, right? Well, how do you pay your premium? It has all to do with capitalization, right? So I think they're going to pick up that. The third thing is don't steal the peas, which is all about paying back loans, right? And that whole system, how you can't take that that um, energy out of your banking system. So I'm hoping that they're going to walk away with those things. Well, and by the way, if you're listening to this for the first time and you hear premiums and loans, you don't even know what Joey's talking about. In the book, Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash, he talks about how to build a cash system to where all your cash can flow through a place, a vehicle that you can control and you can borrow against that that process in order to then take, take over the whole finance function of your life. And we're teaching our girls this because it's so important. I think for us to understand how not to be dependent upon financial institutions, which is the, the fourth law, right? Nelson says, don't do business with banks. That's right. And what I hope our girls will take away from the Becoming Your Own Banker book is one, yes, we've been putting money premiums into life insurance policies on their behalf for a number of years now. And they've built up a large five-figure amount of money in there, which for them, that, that seems larger than life. Right. Like they, I mean, like, their eyes are bugging out. What, what can I do with this? But, you know, we always talk about there's three things that you have to do. One, you have to design a system uh, around your own cash flows after you've identified where that cash is going to come from. Well, our kids don't get step one. They don't get to identify right. yet because they're not there. But designing a system around your cash flow so that then step three, you can integrate it into your life is really, I, I, I'm interested as you guys cover this topic. I, I want to see how you guys took this in different angles. I know probably... I would have wanted to ask certain questions and I'm sure you guys probably answered those. Too late, too late. You can't ask them now. <laughs> but but I will tell you, we did cover three main things. And it's all about integration, right? It's about what are the ways people are repaying loans. So that way people can get an idea of how creative you can get on paying back loans. The second, loans around insurance policies or loans in general? Loans in general, but we also use the insurance policy specifically. Okay, and then secondly, if you're buying a cash flowing asset versus paying off an expense, how do you treat those with loan repayments? Because again, 
That's just giving you exposure so you know how you can set up your system and integrate it into your life. And then the last thing is how do you prepare for windfalls and the flexibility that comes with your own system? So, well, I keep telling our, our girls, look, if you're doing all of these investment opportunities, you're taking your life insurance cash values, you're leveraging it and buying assets, you're going to have windfalls. I just got off a call with a guy who's been following the process we've been teaching. He's built an amazing cash flowing asset. And within 12 months, his plan is to exit a business and put over a million dollars back into a system. He's like, well, I, I need a place for that to go. He's like, you know, I borrowed against my life insurance policies, and, you know, close to 350000 but I've got to have a place for that other six hundred and fifty to go. Windfalls will happen. If you are following that process, you're going to create windfalls when you exit. I think that this podcast is so relevant, so valuable. So not only are you teaching how to create money, cash flow and assets, but you better prepare for how to repay those and following Nelson's rules of not being afraid to capitalize and not stealing the peas. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode as much as I do, Joey. We got to take a seat at the table and well, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable. I'm your host, Joey the Italian stallion Mure. And this is the place where we come to take all your complex issues and make them simple. And I'm not the only one that's going to be talking to you today. And to your benefit, you actually have some of the best coaches in the world to help you get from point A to point B and get to that financial freedom. To my left, he is the master of digging deep into your finances. He's going to be the archaeologist that will labor over the smallest details to bring them to life. He is who we like to lovingly refer to as downtown Ernie Brown. Ernie, welcome. My goodness. I did not expect to be first, but I'm so grateful. (laughs) And I'll say this. You're not first, you're last. I am not sure I want to be um, put on the, on the, you know, on the board as one of the best coaches in the world. It just makes me think of, I'll watch this documentary of uh, a long time ago where they, where they were going through all these different coaches, right? The coach Pep Guardiola, Mm. the best soccer coaches, Serena Williams coach, Mm. that level of coaching. Like, man, I aspire to that. I would not say that I'm there. I I will proudly say that I'm one of the best coaches in the financial freedom space. There you go. I just want to, I just want to temper a little bit. That is a big claim. Thank you for clarifying because we are talking about financial freedom. So it would be, it would behoove you to be one of the greatest financial freedom coaches in the world. I would be behooved. But we are not alone. In fact, I'm grateful to have our co-pilot, the man who actually retired his wings when his passive income exceeded his monthly expenses. And he said, I'm done. 
I'm taking my friends and we're going to create more financial freedom over here for everybody else. Please welcome Mark the Gooch Haraguchi. Oh man, you know, it, to, to Ernie's point, as you get started and you say on my left, I'm like, ooh, but it, it, ah, man, where where am I on the digital round table? Because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the square blocks on my screen for the video and I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Is, is that my left or his left or which, which, which one makes the L? I, I don't remember. Hey, you know what? I just like, I got to keep you guys guessing and I got to keep you guessing because I got to keep you on your toes. And today's topic is going to bring out, I think, some amazing um, insights that you guys can bring. How do I pay my premium and a loan repayment simultaneously? I left the simultaneously part off of the title, but let's be honest. That's the real question, right? How do we do both? And it's, this, is, this is part of the issue is when you start learning infinite banking, you have a whole new mindset. You have a whole new way of thinking. And this is a question that just naturally comes up when you're starting to learn. This is like, wait a minute. I now have two things going on at once. How do I bring these things together? So in your conversations, Ernie, with people, why do you think this is an important topic for us to cover today? In, in general conversations, this happens a lot on the front end. Somebody is just learning about this infinite banking concept. This is a common question, but this is an even more common question within our community of people who are doing infinite banking because as they start doing it and practicing this more and more cash flows are happening and it's it's tough to keep it straight it's tough to reconcile so i think it's it's prevalent in the beginning it's prevalent throughout the process it doesn't go away but the maybe the question mark becomes a little bit more clear the more you do this would you agree with that Absolutely. It becomes more clear, but also creates a, a bigger opportunity for understanding what, what this is and, and what all we can do when we start to expand our, our mind of what's possible. No doubt. Mark, what, what's your thoughts? Why is this important? It's important for everything that Ernie said. It, it, it is an extremely common question because when we set these systems up, it is set up as a place to store cash with the eventual benefit being that you can borrow against it. So there will come a loan function through this conceptual application. And, and really right now, what we're starting to see is conventional lending. We're starting to see interest rates go up. We're starting to hear constriction pressures. I mean, when, when 2020 hit, Wells Fargo was the very first one out of the gate that said, that's it, we're out of HELOCs, everybody have a nice day. And, and so now all of a sudden people that were thinking that they could tap into some of that home equity that they had, well, now that opportunity may or may not be on the table for you that might've been taken away. So now let's go take a look back at what we had set up where you have a, a, a whole life insurance policy that has a cash value component. And we've been, we built it specifically as a place to store cash that we could leverage against. Well, now it's time to take out a loan because a lot of businesses went under because they couldn't access capital and other businesses could because they had cash value. So now it's time to say, hey, we've got a premium. Now we've added in a loan component. How are we going to do both? And that's the whole reason we're sitting here today. Uh, now, Mark, I don't want you to 
to give it to Wells Fargo like that. I mean, let's be honest, supply chain will take inventory off the shelves. All the HELOCs were back ordered. I mean, so <laughs> let's let's just be real. Come on. I think there's a few sitting off of California coast on some, on some, <laughs> uh, some vessels. The barge. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ernie, why 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 would you think it's important today as well? What's what are you seeing in the in in the atmosphere, the landscape here? Yeah, I agree. I got a notification today, Wall Street Journal. Um, the the days of of uber low interest rates seem to be passing 30-year mortgage is top four percent uh on average and not that that's a you know necessarily a bad thing but i think what it will do is as we look at this and as what mark's talking about a changing environment i think it's an opportunity to reconsider to rethink to to look hard if you have this banking system set up for yourself You've got insurance policies with cash value. There, there's probably going to be some opportunity just from the things that you're thinking about to reconsider, possibly create some opportunities if you get creative. I'm going to just put you guys on the spot here. Do you think part of why this question is so prevalent at the beginning of the process of learning infinite banking has to do with the fact that we've been so accustomed to thinking of our money in different silos and that now infinite banking kind of almost starts to make you think about these things in one place, like they're bringing them together. Absolutely. Without, without a doubt, this is even in, I had a conversation this morning uh, with a guy and I thought, man, what a great, it was a great conversation. He, we were, he was, he started to ask, it was towards the end of our time together. Some of these things are becoming clear. And so he's starting to think about the implications. And so this idea came up of what about in the future, if these things change, his, his, his mind is changing on how he thinks about how he's, how he's using cash flow, how he's storing cash flow, how he thinks about putting that to work and the things he wants to accomplish with this. And so this is creating a change in behavior. Mm. If you do this, life is different. And so you're going to have to change the way that you think. I think that's absolutely it, Joey. All right. So let, let's on today's topic, I want to break it down into three parts. I, I feel like we can break down the different types of loan repayment options. Okay. So first point, second point, how to repay a loan for a cash flowing asset versus how to pay loans back that were used for expenses. I think that's a, a, a viable question to ask. And then lastly, where does flexibility come in and windfalls? All right. So let's, let's break that down. Mark, loan repayment options. Talk me through maybe an example or, or something you've seen uh, how people have, have managed loan repayments. Oh, I mean, how, how do you not manage the loan repayment? It's, it's, it's amazing the the system that, that, that we use, the system that we implement and, and the strategy that, that we share with everyone is what if you could be the person that not only helped generate the loan, but was able to be in charge of the loan repayment terms, meaning the, the frequency, the duration, and the flexibility to change that on the fly to not paint yourself into a corner. Um, all of a sudden you now have with, through that singular option of being able to, to, to manage how that loan is repaid. 
you have now opened up the opportunity for you to look at investments and opportunities that would have never been viable. So for example, I just went to a local bank uh, whose name will remain anonymous because I, I would hate for them to be disparaged by, by the process that they took me through. <laughs> but in, in, in seeking out that form of capital, the amount of questions I was asked, the amount of rigmarole I had to go through, the documents they're asking for, I mean, granted, we've gone digital, so I'm not cutting down a small forest anymore. But just the, the whole scenario and just the look on my face when, when I was walking my fiance through it, she goes, I know what you're about to say. I'm like, absolutely. This is ridiculous. If I, can, if I go to my policy, I get asked two questions. How much do you want and where do you want it sent? So, so yeah. not quite the rigmarole that you, no. you were put through. Yeah, nothing like, hey, by the way, this is going to be a monthly repayment schedule. By the way, we're, we're going to amortize it so that you have to make a principal and an interest. So just having those, that, that level of, of flexibility within those repayment uh, scenarios has, is by, in a way, uh, by far dramatically lowered my blood pressure, which has helped my overall health. All right. I have a story about that, by the way, I'll get to, but first one here from you, Ernie, what are some other ways that you've seen people like structure their loan repayments? Yeah. Well, quick two things, Mark. I think you're low-key funny today. I don't think you're trying to be funny. <laughs> that, there's some good stuff in there. Second, Mark is in love, man. I, I've heard every time I talk to Mark, I'm hearing about his fiance. I love it. Yes, sir. I mean, just think about through 2020, 2021. Did we, are we, and are we still in some, some ways still in uncertain times? 100%. I mean, what a, what a huge benefit when you own the loan like Mark was saying, for you to be in control of the repayment plan, be able to hit pause. Uh, in addition, now traditional financing doesn't work for everyone in terms of a monthly payment obligation. I mean, in a few instances, know some people who they get paid just a couple times a year. And so that to, to, it's possible using infinite banking where you'd set that up on a monthly, but it's nice for you to control the terms, be able to set the terms and, and play an honest banker with yourself, but have complete flexibility to design your use of capital financing in the, in the exact right way that fits your scenario and be able to adapt. Let me say the flexibility to repay a loan or not has dramatically changed my personal career, my professional career. Um, when I left Wells Fargo, and had large cash values, I knew I could do, I could, I could wait out starting a new career by even taking loans against my policy to pay my premiums on said policy. And so what did that do? It created a loan that was, uh, the balance was increasing because I had no income coming in to repay said loans. But I got the ability to do that because of the, the way and the structure of how these loans can be set up at the insurance company. What that allowed me to do was to have, again, the pressure relieved to be able to focus in on a new career, to take care of my family and all these things. Like you can't put a dollar amount on on what that actually did, other than the fact that now you can see the success of that business. That wasn't guaranteed the success of the business, okay? 
I don't want to make light of that. And I don't think you should just run out and do this, you know, haphazardly. But my point is, is it gave me the flexibility to take a chance on myself and my career that now looking back, I've been able to repay those loans because of the cash flows that came in the future. That is a, an amazing thing. The second thing that I would say is I hear this from a lot of the people in our passive income mastermind who are real estate focused in, in their investments. When you go to flip a property and you have a large amount of capital that goes into that project, but now you have things outside of your control, i.e. supply chain issues. You have issues with labor shortages. You have issues with maybe the contractors that you normally work with are tied up on another project. And you just don't want to take a risk on another contractor that may be faster coming in and doing a terrible job and costing you more money, right? I can now put money into a project without the pressure of a monthly repayment on that loan and be able to take the time to actually do the project correctly. And, and again, not have that pressure of that interest or that uh, any sort of payment requirement on that loan. Like you tell any real estate investor that story, they're like, where do I sign up? Like that's a game changer. Um, so there's a lot of different ways people pay their loans back, sometimes monthly, sometimes in windfalls, sometimes in future cash flow. Sometimes they have an interest only payments. The the beauty, the beautiful thing is you're in charge, as we've already said, right? Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you gotta go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. To that point, Joey, I, I was I was just talking to someone today and, and they have stepped away from their W-2 because to do some certain life circumstances and just changes in, in how their, their life was moving forward, they felt it was a good time to step away so that they could really take care of their, their quote house, right? Get, get certain things in order, get everything moving in the right direction. And as we were talking about, well, what's your next step? We took a look at how much cash value this person had accumulated. And I said, look at this war chest that you have set up. And isn't it great now that you've got the option because you can leverage against the system that you've built, the place that you stored your cash to give yourself the flexibility to go seek out the job that you actually want to do. You don't, you're, you're not in a, I have to go get something scenario. So you can really approach everything, which I always think buying a car, which is, which is kind of where we're going to head with, with at least my, some of my scenarios, isn't it great to go looking for a car when you don't need one? Because you are in the ultimate, <laughs> no pun intended driver's seat of, I, I don't need this. I look, that thing works perfect. 
So you can try and, you know, uh, bedazzle me all you want, but um, I don't really need this so I can walk away. And how awesome to be in that position, right? Like we, we say being in a position of cash is really empowering. Here, right here, another great example of having this cash war chest, being able to empower this person to take the time to really seek out and find, hey, what is going to align with me and my moral compass and what I want to do? And, and I, I, I don't have to figure that out tomorrow. So, no doubt. Awesome. No doubt. Now, so there's all these different options, these different ways to repay the loans. Let's talk about, does it dictate how you would repay it depending on if you are buying a cash flowing asset with your policy cash value or if you're paying for an expense with that same cash value. So Ernie, why don't you jump in there? What do you see people doing different things depending on what they're buying with it? Yeah, of course. The answer is, is yes, it's the same. And the answer is also no, it's, it's different. Here's the thing. You, you, there's not no scenario where you take loans and take loans and take loans and never repay them. So they're the same in that if you've put capital aside, put it in a position to access. At some point, you need to return that. Return that with interest. If you don't do that, you're, you're bad at business. <laughs> That's not sustainable. <laughs> Your businesses are going out. Now, here's how they differ. You take a loan and, and you go purchase a cash flowing asset like a rental real estate property. It's going to create positive cash flow, which means that positive cash flow has a place where it can go back. That can become the loan repayment. Whether you're setting aside um, in, a, in, in that scenario, dollars for vacancies, dollars for loss of rental income, that's vacancy, repairs, you're setting aside dollars because you, you know you're, there's going to be some tax on the gain, likely some at least. You set that back in the insurance policy for safekeeping before you need it. Whereas if you do the opposite and you go purchase not an asset, but, but a liability, Mark, like if you didn't need it, but you wanted it and you purchased a, another vehicle <laughs> and you used an insurance policy loan to do this, that's not creating a cash flow. In fact, it's actually demanding a payment from you. And so you would think about budgeting for that differently. Mark, how would you change what he's saying or add to it? There's only one thing I, I, I would actually uh, challenge uh, of, of what Ernie shared there, which is there will be one time in life where I will take loans with absolutely no intention of ever repaying. Is that when you play the lottery? And that is when I am in my golden <laughs> years and I have now transitioned the use of my cash value life insurance policy from being a source of, of capital to go out into the world and generate cash flow. And I've now transitioned it to being its own cash flow machine for when I want to wind those systems down. That would be the only thing that I would change because everything else that Ernie said is spot on. But what I've gone and done is I've changed the purpose of, of, of what that cash value was for. So right now we are in the cash flow uh, genre or season of our, of our policies, if you will. And so like, I, I think about the truck that I bought. You know, I knew that there were three ways that I could acquire the truck. I could use lender or dealer financing. I could use my own cash dollars, or I could go get a policy loan. But like Ernie said, that truck 
didn't generate any income. So if I, if I used either dealer financing or, or actually if I used any of the sources of, of money, I would have to find a way to have excess cash flow from somewhere else to refill and repay that, that debt. But what if there was another way? What if I could actually use debt, which would have been bad debt, right? A truck is a liability if, unless it's a work vehicle, but it, my truck doesn't make any money. Um, it just hauls air and sucks gas. Um, and apparently it's sucking a lot of gas right now. My goodness, uh, I'm topping triple digits to fill this baby up. So I'm like, it, it's, it's almost like I'm preferred to fill it up once it gets to three quarters of a tank. Um, just so I don't have to see it hit triple digits when I fill it back up. Mm. Um, but I said, well, well what, if I, what, what, if I, what if I could take money, have it go get an asset, have that asset, like Ernie said, generate enough cash flow to not only pay for itself, but pay for the truck. So again, this is, this is a thought exercise, right? And that's what Nelson says throughout his book. He's like, this is just an exercise in creativity starting to step away from some of the mindsets of, oh, I, I can't afford it to getting into the mindset of how can I afford that? How can I figure this puzzle out? Because you know what? A lot of people on the street can't figure it out. And if we can, we're going to get that much further ahead that much quicker. Let, let me bring something up that you both have hit on, but I want to kind of bring to light. The question of how do I pay my premium and pay a loan back it begs the question of if I, it, let's say I went and bought a vehicle with this lump sum of cash value that I had in my policy, but I had no cash flow left over to repay said loan. Does it then make you an honest banker to say maybe that wasn't the right purchase for me? Because are you then, you're, you're then killing the golden goose in a sense. Like you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you can't replenish for the next big purchase that you need, right? So in order for us to pay a premium and a loan repayment, there are multiple cash flows happening that we have to be able to bring into our system and continuously flow. It's not a flow one time and then it's done. It's not a cul-de-sac. It is a, it's a roundabout, right? You're constantly going in and out, going in and out. And anyway, I, I just, you both have mentioned, in fact, Ernie, you said you're bad at business. Well, that's something I think that is built into the becoming your own banker process is saying, can I afford this car? Even though I have the cash, does it mean I can afford to replenish and play good, like the, the true banker, honest banker that I am or not. So not just honest banker, but also a good banker, right? Yeah. The market is going to advertise to you. You can afford this a hundred percent. Let go get this luxury. We'll, we'll finance it to you at, at 0% for and 200 so the payment, years. Yeah. You'd pay for this thing for forever <laughs> and you can afford it. But when you're standing on the side of the banker, it's going to make you consider, well, what's the, what's the real cost of this? And actually, what opportunity am I giving up if I do get this? Can I afford it? And if I can't afford it, do I want to afford it? Because it takes away an opportunity to do something else. 
So it exactly. causes you not to just be an honest banker, but also make you a smart banker too. All right. So let's round this out with the third point here. And that is um, talk about flexibility, talk about windfalls. Is there any specific examples you could share? Mark, why don't we start with you uh, talking about that, those particular aspects? Yeah, I actually have a, a, a buddy that I'm working with and he has built a, a vending machine empire. Um, I didn't think it was possible, but this guy has just taken it to next level, you know, started with Redbox and then saw how good that was going. And then noticed that during a hurricane, everybody was standing outside the store trying to get water. And he's like, Hmm. So then he started a, a water vending machine business. And then he noticed, wow, you know, everyone has parties and people need ice. He has an ice vending machine, but so he's grown this thing and he's got this, this, this behemoth working in his favor. And so we're, we're, we're looking at, you know, building some policies for him and places to store that capital. And he came up with a scenario. He said, Hey, you know, in about 10 years, I want to be able to sell this. And this is about what I think I can get for it. And so he said, do you think I'll have that much cash value in my policy? And I said, well, let's take a look, you know, based on the inputs, let's see where we land. And we landed just about at the number he came up with. And I said, that's phenomenal. So so in, in 10 years, you're anticipating this windfall of selling this business. Yes. So great. What are you going to do with that money? Oh, well, I, I was just thinking that, you know, all the money I'm putting into the policy, right? I'm storing it somewhere. But then if I sell the business, I'll, I'll basically get the money back that I've put in. So it'll be kind of equal. And I said, yeah, but would you like to get more? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you've built up all this cash value through the, the, the past 10 years of our example. What were you using that cash value for? Were you going out and getting into you know, other passive income ideas and, and kind of leveraging so that when you sell this business off, you have other streams? Well, yeah. I said, okay, so now what do you want to do with the proceeds from selling your business? Oh, if I, I can go pay off the loans. I said, exactly. So you floated all these new loans to build up a, a next business, right? To transition you out of one into another. And now you get this windfall. Boom. We pay back everything that we had outstanding. And now it's like you got a free set of new businesses. And he mm. goes, holy cow, I didn't even think of it that way. And again, we go back to what is this? It's a thought exercise. No doubt. Uh, Earn, what, what about you? Do you have any examples? Um, I know some people have used this for taxes, I've heard. I mean, we, we use it for taxes, but yep. any other ways pe- you, you hear people use it for flexibility and windfalls? Absolutely. Uh, just is last week, uh, one of our community members who were coaching sent me an email, and uh, I think this is relatable. He said, oh boy, it's getting expensive in life. <laughs> He's got three kids in college at the same time. Like, man, it's getting tight. Solid. I don't think that I can keep paying this premium. I need to lessen it. I was like, hey, great. You could do that. But what if, what if you're going to pay for this anyways? What if you took the dollars that you're, that are outgoing for education? And what if you paid the premium in full? And then took a loan to pay for college. Because I'm pretty certain that at least within four years, you're not going to have three kids in college. Their expenses will be down. And at that point, you can take those dollars allocated and you can refill the loan. You can pay it back. And the benefit of that 
of how can we manage both is a little bit creative and the windfall of, in this scenario is reduced expenses is that he has the benefit of paying the premium, which is growing the system. It's growing his overall access to capital. And it's also working inside the insurance policy. So it's compounding. It's at work continuously. And so it's going to give them benefit of all that future growth, but it's also going to give them a place to recycle that when his expenses do go down, he's going to know I need to bring these back to the insurance policy. And so he's marinating on that, uh, kind of working through, is that, is that what he wants us to do? And I don't know if that's the best solution for him. It's just a quick idea, but that's the kind of creativity. That's just an example of being creative. Yeah. Well, and what you're pointing out is that there's a lot of temporary things that happen in our lives that should not dictate the long-term that we're trying to accomplish, right? The long-term is the overall legacy that this creates could be stymied or stifled if we just kept cutting off the growth factor of our cash. And that's what most everybody does. So we have to think differently. Um, I had to pay my premiums despite making a literal $300,000 income like switch from 300,000 to zero. Like that's the most dynamic change I've ever seen of any client that we've ever helped. They're like, hey, you know, I, I, I lost some money or I'm not making as much money or whatever. Did you lose 300,000? Like, let's just talk about the comparison <laughs> here. Like, and this, so that it tells you, but I knew it was a temporary time that I could then replenish later. And uh, so I don't know what your situation is, but hopefully this is helping to say it is possible to do both paying your premium and repaying a loan. It's just a matter of getting continuous education and learning how to do this. So, so guys, final thoughts on this. What can someone do with this information right now to take action and, uh, and, and make the most of this? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated. Oof. Okay. I Tell feel like we, 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 just, we just barely scratched the surface, yep. right? Uh, in my opinion, what a boring title. But what an important, what an important topic. I wasn't I mean, in charge of the title. Okay. Uh, it wasn't me. Yeah. That, that, that one's on me actually. <laughs> Grateful that we are about to go into the inner circle and probably hear some specific scenarios and, and be able to work through this together because this is, this is real world stuff, right? Exactly. We can understand that we can understand the concept, but until we go through it and do it ourselves, we don't know what, what we don't know. So man, it's just so important that we've got a community to go share what's going on. What's the best way to do this? That's what Which we're about by, to do. By the way, know. if you're not in the inner circle, once you quit playing around, like quit messing around, go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call, meet with one of these coaches. They'll walk you through the process. What do you get in the inner circle? Um, how do you build your own path to get to financial freedom? And in the community that surrounds you in the meantime, just join us there. Uh, Mark, final thoughts from you. Final thought is if, if you're not surrounding yourself with people that are all marching in a similar direction, it, it can feel pretty lonely. It can feel pretty disheartening out there. And, and the night's going to seem a, a little bit darker and a little bit colder. But that is what we're doing here, right? This, this, this podcast is getting ready to jump into a live community 
where we're going to continue discussing this as well as any other questions that our community members have on their minds so that we can leverage each other, support, promote, and then educate. That's, that's really what's going on here. And so if you want to be a part of that, you, you want to join up. And really, if you want a fast pass to financial freedom, um, it took me 10 years to really find Wealth Without Wall Street. And in what I was trying to do in 10 years, I did in the five years after I started. Mm. So if you really want to accelerate that, get going, because I can tell you right now, um, punching a nine to five, uh, if you really like your job, that's fantastic. But you know, what's really great is looking at my calendar and say, you know what, today is only going to be nine to noon. <laughs> so that's my pitch there. And uh, we'd super excited to, to meet you guys, join up, keep, like us, rate us, review us. That helps us beat the algorithm so that more people can hear this message and that we can help even more. So thank you. Oh, Mark, you did a great job rounding us out. Thank you as always for listening and we will catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.